What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Anthony Yepes, and this is Talk That Talk, brought to you by CEG, alongside my co-host, Ali Rubenstein. Today, we got Jeremy Johnson, account executive at Tagboard, Tagboard, excuse me, specializing in sports and esports. Jeremy, how are you doing? Man, I am healthy and employed and alive, so I cannot complain. But uh, I'm I'm doing well. Friday Eve. Awesome. We, Thanks for being on the show. We love to hear that. Another smile on your face, too. Um, but for everyone listening, we want to start with a little bit of an introduction. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into the sports industry, sales, marketing, media, everything all-encompassing. How did you get to where you are in the role that you're at today? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good question. I, I want to preface it by saying, you know, I'm a Publix enthusiast. Um, I'm a Carhartt enthusiast. I'm an avid chess player. Um, and it's funny because I was always identified as an athlete, right? And people always talk about being more than an athlete. So um, my background is in sports. Uh, I grew up playing three sports in high school, um, went to high school right by you, Allie, in the North Georgia, North Atlanta, whatever you want to call it, area. Um, went, went to Auburn, played baseball there for, for three and a half years, um, graduated, went to University of Cincinnati. Um, got my master's, got my undergrad in communication, got my master's in sport administration. Um, and throughout my time in college, really just spent a lot of time uh, getting experience from different seats within the athletic department. I uh, co-hosted a talk show on the radio, which was cool because people said I have the face for radio, um, interned with the Reds. Um, and so most of my experience was in sports. Um, but when I finished up school, when I finished at University of Cincinnati, um, it was during COVID. And so COVID actually cut my fifth year, senior year short, and no one in sports could hire. And so I actually started my professional career in physician recruiting. And so um, that had nothing to do with sports, but the company I worked for, I knew a lot of people there. They loved hiring former student athletes. Uh, it was a really good gig. Um, I got to know a lot about doctors and you know their background and their process and what it's like to be a physician and um, you know, was rubbing elbows with high level, you know, C-suite executives at hospitals, things I knew nothing about. And, um, you know, I was always told that your network is your net worth. And um, I had somebody in my network just text me about the company I'd recently just left, Teamworks and Influencer. And uh, I had used their product as a student athlete. And so she said, hey, this company's hiring. You should look into this gig. And so I did interviewed and, um, you know, startup years are like dog years, uh, wore a bunch of different hats in my short time there, but feel like I gained a lot of experience, um, started on the teamwork side, working with teams on trials, um, getting them up and running, and then, um, kind of carved out my own path on the influencer side, uh, working with teams on trials and then realized that, hey, there's a market that's untapped in Division Two, Division Three, um, and so forth. And so I kind of carved my own path in that lane. And um, I just realized that I should have prefaced by saying what Teamworks and Influencer is. So Teamworks is a software company. Um, it's like a full encompassing, think about GroupMe, but on steroids and more specific for athletic departments and organizations. And then Influencer started as a content distribution platform. So the ability to upload thousands of pictures in one place, automatically tag people based off of 
um, artificial intelligence, jersey number, facial recognition. Um, and then that evolved into a brand building, um, which is the largest NIL manage, NIL management software um, in college athletics. And so I got to play a, a pretty cool role in that and, you know, see NIL kind of unfold from the ground up. Um, being being in the front lines. And, and that was really cool. And, um, you know, funny enough, people talk about your network. That's how I ended up at Tagboard. So somebody texted me and said, hey, there's an opportunity at Tagboard. You should really look into it. So I did. And um, now I'm working for a company called Tagboard. Uh, like you said, sports and, and esports. And what we are really is we're full compassing engagement tool. Um, we started with being the first company to bring social content to screen. So tweets, Instagram posts, TikTok videos, you name it, the ability to aggregate that, curate it however you want and display it on a scoreboard, Jumbotron, live stream broadcast. Um, and then we've evolved into doing more interactive things like polls, trivia. You hit on a lot of points. Graphics. No, you're good. Right, I was only hit on much. so many points that, that we actually have jotted down as talking points, but I want to turn back the clock a little bit. You emphasize student athlete. You actually started saying all of these brands and different things that you're enthusiastic about, not to mention giving yourself a little bit of credit that you're pretty good on the field as well. So I know to you, that's just a little bit about your identity, <laughs> but you did post something really unique on, on LinkedIn. And I feel like it's one of your main talking points is why companies should hire student athletes. And we're going to jump into NIL, we're going to jump into networking. But as a former D1 baseball player yourself, what qualities do you see that athletes have that are representative of great work ethic in a, in a professional sense, whether it's in the sports industry or out of it? Why, why is that so such a point that you're passionate about? Yeah, you know, it's interesting within the workforce and within companies, People like to make the synopsis that companies are like families. And for me, I don't personally think that's true. I think companies should be like teams, well-oiled machines, or well-oiled well teams, <laughs> machines. I, I don't know I'm talking. Um, the whole point I'm trying to make is when somebody in your family doesn't do a good job or somebody doesn't do their role or messes up, they don't get kicked out of the family. I mean, when, when was the last time you had to like fire your kid or your spouse because they screwed up? In the similar sense with teams, everybody has a role. Everybody has an action that needs to be done. Everybody's responsible for a particular thing. And so as an athlete, you're used to being on a team. You're used to dealing with difficult people and bosses and um, being tired and exhausted and dealing with critics and, and people telling you who you should and shouldn't be and all that while taking care of what you need to get taken care of. And so that's why I'm so passionate about student athletes understanding that they have value to the workforce. Like, you know, people might look at you and say, hey, you know, you can run really fast. You can jump really high. You can throw a ball far. How does that translate into you know, a career. And I say, screw that. Um, who you become from your hard work is just as, just as, if not more important than like what you get out of your, your hard work. That's, that's really great stuff, right? I think a, a lot of people on the brand side probably don't look at it as 
a company or a brand should act more like a team versus a family, right? And I think you, you always hear a brand say, we're, we're a great family. Like, this is like home. Come, like, come be a part of our family mm-hmm. and not so much of come be a part of our team because this is a teamwork element. Like, we're all going after the same goal. This is business. So on, on that note of, you know, NIL and the opportunities for student athletes, how how can both sides, NCAA, you know, athletic programs, you know, I'm, I'm a former college athlete myself, um, how can they both capitalize on where NIL is looking to go, where it is right now and where it could go in the future? Yeah. I mean, if I had the answer, I wouldn't be on this podcast right now. I'd be probably sitting in a beach house, you know, in the middle of like Dominican or somewhere nice. Um, that's a really good question. I, I think college athletics is really in this really interesting place of trying to decide, are we amateurs or are we professionals? And so with NIL, it kind of wedges in between that line of like, hey, college athletes are amateurs, but then like you pay coaches millions of dollars and universities are making millions of dollars and, you know, they've making a ton of money off of not just student athletes, but off of brands and sponsorships and things like that. And, and so you're, you're kind of in this weird limbo of how we get to go about it. And for me, I, you know, I'm always like a root person. Like I'd like to get to the root of the issue. I personally think the root of the issue is, is that right. We need to decide that college athletics is just going to be pure amateurism. And so with that comes everything that's involved with amateurism. Coaches should have, um, you know, a cap on their salaries and it shouldn't be ridiculous. They shouldn't be allowed to do endorsement opportunities, you name it, whatever you want to define as amateurism or to on the side of, Hey, the amateurism is out the door. College athletes are professional athletes. They don't have to go to class. They're allowed to do this. Um, but it puts the NCAA in a really weird spot. And you kind of see it now with NILs like, hey, what are we here for? What are, how can we regulate this? Um, and so that's where it's like, hey, if af- college athletes are going to be professionals, then we probably need to set up some sort of player association but how is that going to look like per sport and that sort of thing? So it's really in this weird in, in between. It's it's hard to it's hard to find an answer or a clear solution on on. Yeah, how and, to and I would say the the argument has always been well, you know, these student athletes are getting free education, right? You know, you're talking six figures um, for a private institution and some of these other colleges. If you're not going to a state college or community, obviously, you know, these big time schools, mm-hmm. you know, you're not paying for that, right? So in the sense of wanting to be paid or wanting to generate revenue off of your mm. your name image and likeness it's a little troubling to people right and i think what what it comes down to when you look yeah. at professional sports versus college sports is that you've progressed through high school and college to become a professional where it is truly a business but then again on the flip side you hear people argue, well, college is basically a business, right? Like you're paying, you're paying to be there. There's boosters. There's all these other things, advertisers with ESPN and all these other networks. So I agree. It's, it's going to be a very tricky thing to figure out without there being some sort of players association or college athlete association that works as the middleman to kind of police and, and 
build, you know, kind of regulations on how exactly, you know, this can all work and be monetized for these athletes. Because one, another thing I wanted to talk to you about, and you said it a little bit earlier, like social media, the importance of engagement, you know, kind of like tapping into what you're doing at Tagboard, you know, the value of these athletes are not only what they're doing on, on the court. Now we're talking about what they're doing on social media. So talk, talk a little bit about that. And with your experience so far at, at Tagboard, how's that playing a role with these athletes and NIL? Are you guys doing a lot of work with brands in that space? Yeah, we're not we're not doing any work in in NIL um, in terms of, of social media or anything like that. Me, kind of based off of my previous roles and studying NIL um, throughout my grad program and just being uh, interested in this realm. Of, you know, a lot of people thought that student athletes would be able to make a lot of money with their NIL through social media, and. You know, what I'm starting to see now is like companies taking a step back. And actually, let's go back to July 1st. Um, if you followed student athletes or followed a good amount of them, when July 1st came about, they all posted on their story, their Instagram account, hey, I'm open for business. And I felt like some companies and brands and organizations jumped on that. were like, hey, we want to partner with this athlete. Let's have them promote our product on social media. Let's have them do this. Let's have them do that. And now I feel like people are starting to take a step back and realizing, okay, how can I get true ROI from a student athlete, right? So if you look at the top 50 student athletes in terms of NIL or in terms of NIL value, and you think about how many people are going to go after them to actually do a deal with them. I mean, that number is a lot. Like that there's a lot, there's, I feel like the, the number of student athletes whose NIL holds a lot of value in terms of pure social media, that number is pretty finite where companies would see a return on their investment of, Hey, let's give an athlete a hundred thousand dollars. Can they sell $400,000 of our product or or of our service or whatever the case may be. I feel like the number of athletes that could actually do that, the number is probably finite within, within collegiate athletics. And so now um, I always tell people that like name image or NIL stands for name, image, and likeness. You have to have that to be able to profit off of it. And so it's, you know, it's interesting to see like how gears have shifted a little bit and how different companies are popping up in, in terms of NIL, being able to capitalize on this new era, like, Hey, how can I make, how can I make a buck off of student athletes or what lane, what sector, what segment can I fall under in, in terms of NIL to, to be profitable as a company, um, but also to, yeah, to help you mentioned ROI and for Anthony and I at CEG working in influencer marketing and our clients are, you know, direct to consumer brands and collegiate athletes are raising their hand for opportunities and we're trying to assert them into some of our, our campaigns we have. And some of the commentary, you know, from brands is what are their impressions? What are their analytics? We want to know what their engagement is like. And so I think an influencer is an influencer and an athlete is an athlete, but if they're also trying to be marketable, they need to show that they're more than just the stats they put up in a basketball game. And that if we're getting them a brand deal, with let's say an apparel company that their Instagram shows that they have personality in their lifestyle 
clothing that they wear and not just the jersey they wear. And I think I want to focus now on content. And you said something really cool. You commented on a post. Um, I'm just going to read it out for listeners to hear. You said, stories feel, people love to tell them, watch them and listen to them. Stories bring people together. So in the world of social media today, what are some of the most effective ways that you can tell a story? Because a lot of influencer marketing and talent marketing, the impact is in the content because the content has that ability to tell the story. So what, what are some things that brands could be doing right? And maybe some things that you've seen brands doing completely wrong. And when I mean brand, I don't just mean, you know, the brand on your hat right now or the clothing tag that you're wearing, but talents, they're their own brand as well. So tap into that and give me some of your perspective on what you think. Yeah. You know, I'm, uh, I feel like my perspective when it comes to storytelling and story selling and, you know, all that is, is a little different. You know, when I, when I think about telling stories, the first thing that I think about is your audience. Who are you trying to target, right? And that's the most important thing when it comes to crafting a story, when it comes to crafting a message is understanding who's going to be on the receiving end of it, right? Is it, are we trying to target this particular group? Are we trying to target people around this campaign? Are we trying to target people based off of this cause? And so that's, I think, the root of when it comes to telling a story. Then based off of that, I would look at, okay, what are these particular people? What is this audience? What is this group? What are they interested in? How can we get through to them, right? And so from there, I think it's kind of a blank canvas of, hey, this is who we're targeting. This is what they're interested in. This is what they're passionate about. How can we, as a company, as a brand, as an athlete, as a whoever, bring people back to this concept that let's use, um, let's use like Nike, for example, just do it. They do. Everybody knows that just do it. They do all kinds of different commercials and marketing campaigns and ads and you name it. And they all bring people back to this idea of, um, not acceptance, but what's the word I'm trying to think of, uh, inspiration, inspiration. They bring people back to this idea of inspiration. Just do it. It doesn't matter. You know, just do it. And so, it, I mean, there's, there's a lot. It's a very methodical process. Storytelling is figuring out, okay, this is my audience. This is what they're passionate in. How can I bring what I do to hone in? On That's that? very interesting. I love that you bring in to play a major brand like Nike, right? And I think, you know, What's what a lot of people want to figure out when it comes to NIL is how impactful can these athletes be in the world of marketing, right? This is all brand new where everyone's testing. It's, you know, there's no real basis to work off of outside of professional sports. So it's like, okay, you know, what, what is the, the checkpoint? What is the benchmark here? And, you know, what I love about what you said about Nike is that they are bringing people back to an idea of inspiration. And that's what helps you grow an infinity for that brand because it makes you feel like you're a part of that, right? Like it's something that you can do yourself because you're influenced by the story, you know, like you said in your tweet too. Um, so my question is like, does the athlete matter more or is it the element of great storytelling and associating kind of like a general concept around that, that people can relate to, or is it a mix of both? 
Yeah, I think it's a mixture of both. I think there's a direct correlation between athletic performance and between brand awareness or brand ability, right? Um, so let's use like Trevor Lawrence, for example. It doesn't matter what he posts on social media. It doesn't matter how he comes across because he's just, when he was in college, was just such a premier athlete that he was going to have opportunities. And so when you look at like NIL and you look at people that are in the top 2% of athletic performance, it doesn't matter what kind of storytelling, what kind of brand awareness, what kind of resources they have in terms of content creation and what they're putting out there. It doesn't matter. People are going to, people are going to follow them. People are going to be tapped into what they're doing. People are going to want a piece of the pie, right? It'd be like if Tom Brady, who's got a really great content team, if if he were to never, which he probably doesn't post on social media, but if he were to never, if just erase his entire brand image on every kind of social media platform, people are still going to want to do endorsement deals with Tom Brady. People are going to still want to pay him money to promote their products and their um services and whatever they have because of what he's done on the field, you know, six Super Bowl championships. Um, so I think there's a direct correlation on the flip side. If you look at, especially this is where I believe female athletes really prosper in that NIL era, because, you know, I believe that the more you can tell your story, the better you are with content creation, the more opportunities you're going to have in NIL, regardless of athletic performance. And so you see a lot of female athletes that aren't even stars on their on their team. They don't play that much. You couldn't tell me what their stats are or whatever the case may be. And they're still making lots of money in NIL and they still have a profitable um, NIL because of how they go about creating content, the stories they're telling, that sort of thing. And so I do believe there's a correlation between athletic performance and NIL, but I don't believe it's the end all. You just hit another thing that's absolutely awesome. And I think uh, something at least I didn't think about or haven't been thinking about is outside of the starting five or outside of the the star players, you know, those other individuals on the team that are also seeking opportunities with brands and, and getting those opportunities and generating a brand and business for themselves. Do you think that's the true impact of this whole NIL, you know, industry is like, Hey, chances are that other player on the team is not going to make the league. They're not going to become a professional athlete. So they're not going to be able to see those opportunities. Now the door is open. They still have influence. They still have a brand and they still have a way to generate revenue for themselves. 100%. To my earlier point about being an athlete, what you, who you become from being an athlete is more important than what you get out of being an athlete. And I think the same is true when it, when it's in terms of NIL, right? I used to tell student athletes all the time when I talked to them at my previous company that who you become from NIL might be more important than what you get from NIL. And that's why I think NIL is such a huge opportunity because doesn't matter how much money you make. It allows student athletes to creatively think about how they can capture content, how they can tell their story, how they can get involved in this business, this cause, this organization, whatever, you name it. 
And it may not lead to, you know, thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. It may not lead to any money, but it might create a new skill for them. It might create a, an opportunity for them to, to work there down the road. It might create um, a new facet to whatever industry they're interested in going down. And so that's why I think NIL is so powerful. It's because student athletes, um, let's say a student athlete, there's an example of a student athlete who um, it was a singer and he couldn't, he couldn't perform with his real name due to NCAA regulations. And so he would go under a stage name. And so now he could use his real name and real posts for a lot of those things. And, and so, you know, you see a lot of op opportunities for athletes just like that. I've, I saw an athlete who loved to um, thrift. And so she ended up uh, creating a Instagram just around her thrift adventures. And that became very profitable. And it's like, who would have thought that like, hey, if you weren't thinking about NIL and weren't thinking about life after playing, um, you probably wouldn't go thrifting and post it on social media trying to, you know, get a deal. And it led to, you know, who you know, knows I'm what. Thinking about it as you're, as you're speaking, there are so many synergies between the nuances of NIL and the process of applying for jobs. Call me crazy. I'm just thinking of this, playing this in my head. You have no idea the career that you have on field, how it's going to parlay off the field with marketing opportunities. The same thing. You go to school and you get a degree and now you're ready to go out into the workforce and find a job. Or maybe you're, you're on the job hunt for the next role because you're ready to level up. And you begin with the networking process. And you said early on, your, your network is, is your net worth. And correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but for you, the way we connected and the way that we began talking was through LinkedIn. So what is the importance and how valuable is a platform like LinkedIn or the conversations that can be had on Twitter? How important is networking, whether you're an athlete trying to get brand deals or honestly a college graduate that's ready for their first role out of school? Yeah, it's super important. And to your point, like I said, I, a mentor told me that your network is your net worth. And that has really stuck with me because, you know, I work in sales. So obviously networking is huge because anytime you have a warm, a warm lead, it's better than going in somewhere cold. Um, and the same, the same is true when it comes to job opportunities. If you know somebody there or you know somebody that worked there or know somebody that knew somebody that, you know, knew somebody there once a long time ago, that gives you a context um, to base base that relationship off of or base that opportunity off of. I'm a huge person um, in relationship equity and building relationships. And, and you know, I think that that comes with shared experiences. So the more you can do things with people, the more you can talk to them, the more you can hit them up, the more you can share experiences with them. I believe that builds a relationship with them. And so I've had plenty of doors open all the time. It's funny. So my wife, she was a gymnast at, at Auburn. And um, and she's like, you're always talking to people. You're always like networking. You're always getting offered like jobs from, from people just from having conversations. I don't know how you do it. I was like, I, I really don't either. I just like am friendly and talking to people. And we went down to, to Auburn a couple months ago for uh, an alumni meet. She was a gymnast. And we were standing in line um, at the arena and this guy is like kind of looking at me that's standing in line in front of us. And he's like, are you Jeremy? 
And uh, I was like, yeah. And she like rolls her eyes. She's like, oh, here we go again. And she's like, uh, he was like, oh, I met you one time um, a couple of years ago. I think you're a freshman at Auburn. You're hitting in the cages. I walked by, you said, hey, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, five minutes went by, 10 minutes go by. And uh, I went back to my wife and I was like, hey, he like told me, hey, if I ever need a job with whatever he's doing, I couldn't even tell you what he did. He's like, hit him up. And so she's like, you always do that. And, you know, I, I believe like there's a quote and this is a famous quote everybody says, people are going to forget about what you did, but they won't forget about how you made them feel. And I think that's so true, um, especially as a student athlete. Um, I've had I've had um, experiences with with professional athletes and because they weren't friendly to me or they said something mean or, you know, they may have had a bad game and they blew off an autograph or um, a picture that honestly is still made me a little salty towards that athlete. And, you know, as a college athlete, you've got eyeballs on you all the time. Or as an athlete in general, you've got eyeballs on you all the time. And so you have to take captive the decisions and the things that you say and who you talk to and how you present yourself because people are always watching you good and bad. And so I was like, Hey, why don't I invest in the eyeballs that I have now and the opportunities that I have now to set myself up down, down I mean, the road? You, I mean, we can speak almost the same language graduating the year that we did that it was no easy, no easy task to get into sports when sports was at, an all-time low and so it's crazy and incredible to hear your story how you got from where you are uh from where you were to where you are now but as a sports guy I know you're watching just about every postseason run we try to make it lighthearted here on talk that talk rapid fire gonna put you in the hot seat um we're gonna start with college baseball that's that's your bread and butter who's taking home the uh, championship this year well, I got to go with Auburn. Um, <laughs> they are they are pretty hot though. They scored, I think it was like fifty runs in three games, um, and so yeah, I mean they're they're hot. They're about to go to Oregon State in a in a regional. That's where uh, I just funny. I played at Oregon State when I was at Cincinnati, and so I've had a couple people reach out to me like, "What's it like out there?" Um, but I think I think Auburn's gonna gonna win it all this year. I know Tennessee's the favorite. For Auburn, two SEC teams there. Um, I hope you know just as much about every other sport yeah. than you do college baseball. But next up, Warriors versus Celtics. Who's going to take it home this year? That's tough. Man, I've, I always told people I was going to the NBA, and then I played Jalen Brown's AAU team and realized that that's what an NBA player looks like. So I'm going to go with the young guys. I'm going to go with the Celtics. Jalen right. Brown and NHL Jason postseason, teeing up who's going to play the Avalanche in the Stanley Cup. Who's going to take home the Stanley Cup this year? Oh, I got See, you. So you stumped me there. I don't really watch hockey. Are the Lightning <laughs> still in it? Lightning. I know the, the Lightning, lightning are in it. In. Okay. Three, that all would right, be a three-peat for the Lightning. Um, all right. Yes. All right. Last I didn't know four, that. You probably know some things about the NFL. You might think I'm crazy. I did just say NFL, and it's only June. I can't say it's too early. Any Super Bowl predictions this year? Whew. Winning it all. Like winning it all? I have a team. I have a team that I'm high on that people haven't really – I mean, they're good, but, like, people haven't really thought about gotta how good they're going to be now. I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos. Interesting. 
Anthony, I see your face. You've got a, you've yeah, got a, you've Russell got Wilson. I, I got, I got some opinions Russell here. Russell Wilson's a winner. It's not so much He's on the, uh, the NFL side. It's probably more on the NHL. Like we, we got to go with the Rangers. If you're talking about a young team that's on, you know, on a tear right now, like, yeah, we've made it interesting the past two rounds, but going back home today, we get this win. We got, I think, I think the Rangers are in a really good position to, to shock the world. I just say, and then on the football side, listen, I'm a Jet fan. I always feel like we got the best chance in the world come week one. And then by week three, I'm already packing it in and, you know, hoping for next year. But, hey, I think we're going to we're going to shake some, some, you know, shake the block a little bit in the uh, AFC. I can um, <laughs> I can get behind the Jets with sauce now that they got sauce on the team. So okay. sauce Gardner. Listen, I, this is probably one of the best drafts the Jets have had in maybe the life line of the of the team so but we've always uh found a way to screw that up so let's see what happens this year <laughs> you don't you don't have a quarterback that's, yeah that's your it's problem. tough it's tough we'll see what what he can do this year with some some firepower but we'll never know till the season comes i'm gonna be honest with you i, I was a little bit of a jets fan back in the day my second cousin's jericho that's, Cotri, what's so. up, man. that's that's a great family line to have yeah. Stuff, no, he's, well, listen, he's I think for us, you know, this has been extremely valuable, right? You know, in our world of influencer, you know, in the world of social, NIL is is super hot. It's a, a topic that a lot of people are talking about. So I think, you know, for us, this is great to have you on in the space and having that knowledge of, you know, where things are, where things can be and where things can go um, is great for our listeners. So we want to thank you so much for, for hopping on. And before we jump, um, you know, we have a question that we we ask everyone. Um, what is the realest piece of advice that you have for someone looking to start a career in social or at a little bit of a crossroads right now? Yeah, I think the realest piece of advice I've been given, and this is generic, but Rome wasn't built in one day. Um, you know, me being a millennial airing on the Gen Z side, uh, we we all live in this like kind of microwave society, this get rich quick phenomenon when it with social media it is easy to go viral but then it's like how do you stay viral like we've, we've seen the one hit wonders but like that's why i see people like justin bieber and i respect it so much because like somebody that rose to fame at a real early age but is still relevant today has my respect and so um you know the advice i was given is hey rome wasn't built in a day just be patient you know what you kind of ties into everything I've said earlier, like what you get may not be as important as like who you become from that or who you get to know from that. Right. And so be kind to everyone because you never know where they're going to end up. Always work hard because you never know who's watching. Um, and the other piece of advice I was, I was given was it's, uh, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. I had a coach tell me that and it's stuck with me ever since because like I said, again, people are going to forget about what you said or did, but they're not going to forget about how you made face. Feel. And I hope everyone listening also grinning at home, great words of wisdom. And we had some good name drops in this conversation from Justin Bieber to Tom Brady, Trevor Lawrence with the hair. It's been, it's been a really good one, but followers, stat, status, I don't know that you're up there necessarily with Justin Bieber, but if anyone wants to follow Jeremy Johnson on no social where he's really giving his words of wisdom and tricks of the trade. Jeremy, where should people hit you up at? 
Oh, my usernames are JJJ underscore all day. JJ all day, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever else he's at, search him up. He's at Tagboard if you ever want to connect with him. He's so open to it. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on. Talk that talk. We definitely were able to talk all the talk. I guess talk that talk, TTT, JJJ, look at us. Um, but we're, we had a lot of fun with you. Thank you for hopping <laughs> on and have a great rest of your Thursday and, and keep listening in. Appreciate it, man. Thank you all. Thanks for having me.